On today's show, how did Maurice Sider become a top-pairing defenseman? And part two of my discussion with Sebastian Jackson on a variety of topics, this is Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, I break down everything prospects related for you Monday to Friday, five days a week. I'm Hattie Kalakesh. I'm a scout and prospect analyst across multiple platforms, including this one. And I've got a very good episode for you today. Uh, first, I'm going to break down uh, the ins and outs of Maurice Sider's development and growth into a top pairing defenseman, starting at the draft uh, in 2019 up to this day and, and what's progressed uh, in his game in general. And then we'll listen to part two of my discussion from yesterday uh, with Sebastian Jackson uh, from Smart Scouting, the Wellesley Applejacks. He's a scout who works for multiple platforms as well. Um, and most importantly, he uh, is a committee member for the Black Girl Hockey Club, an activist group that is doing a lot of very good work in the hockey community to uplift uh, black girls especially. So before we get into any of that, though, I just want to remind you to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening to this on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. It's always much appreciated. So let's get right into it. Um, I wanted to sort of break down Maurice Sider's development as a prospect because honestly, this came out of left field for me. I wasn't really expecting much out of Maurice Sider in his draft year. Uh, he was drafted sixth overall in 2019, and Steve Eiserman shocked the entire hockey world by announcing his name um, at the podium there at sixth overall. He was uh, projected in the 20s on most, if not all, boards. Um, quick shout out to Tony Ferrari, by the way, who's a scout on multiple platforms as well. He, he, he does some work for the Hockey News. He was the first... Um, the the first scout that I saw who had Maurice Sider in the top 15, I think he had him at 12th overall uh, in his final rankings. And I mean, back then, Maurice Sider looked like a smart and dependable uh, right-handed defenseman um, who had a lot of defensive upside. He could close gaps really well, defend in transition, defend in his own zone extremely well. But there were major concerns about his offensive upside. He didn't really show much in terms of puck skills or offensive zone habits uh, that indicated that he could score 50 points in the NHL, much less in his rookie year. Um, so Steve Eiserman and his scouting team clearly saw the runway of growth insiders game that sort of warranted a top 10 pick for them. Um, as they went ahead and selected him at six overall, he probably could have slipped. Um, I don't, I don't think there were many teams who were that high on him. They probably could have traded back and gotten a, a decent pick and still gotten, you know, uh, cider, let's say in the 10 to 15 range, if they really liked him that much, but I guess they just didn't want to run the risk at all of him slipping. So they went ahead and jumped on him at sixth overall. Um, and yeah, I mean, they were right about that, you know, going, going from the DEL straight to the NHL was going to be extremely tough and impossible. So they, they went through a couple steps, which I'll outline, but man, Cider is looking exceptional. I mean, he won the Calder trophy last year and scored 50 points as a defenseman in his rookie year. It's not for nothing. He did a very great job of, of exploiting his strength and growing his game um, over the, the two years after his draft. So I wanted to break that down for you. So, First, the Wings signed him right away out of his draft and placed him in the AHL for his draft plus one year. 
Um, and he put up two goals and 20 assists for 22 points in 49 games. Um, his contract slid in that year since he wasn't playing in the NHL. So he's actually he's, he's actually in the final year of his entry-level contract right now. He's due to get signed in the offseason by the Red Wings. Um, so that was for his first season. It was pretty tough uh, competition for him. And, and you know, basically they wanted to place him in a situation where he was playing against tougher players than in the, the DEL, the German top league. Um, and, and to help him get accustomed to North American ice. So I think the AHL was a good compromise for him. And he was clearly good enough for that level, but he was trouble. He was having trouble getting those top line minutes um, and playing on the power play and all that. And I think the, the essence of what was needed inside his game in order to develop him into a top pairing defender, uh, a defender worth the top six pick, um, was to give him as many opportunities as possible to explore his offensive side. So... You know, since he had a lot of hard four checkers on his back, he had little space to work with on breakouts. He wasn't really able to explore uh, his play with the puck and get comfortable handling the puck for for longer periods of possession. So um, the Red Wings loaned him to Rogla in the SHL uh, for his draft plus two season. So the season after he played for the Grand Rapids Griffins and put up 22 points in 49 games. And Ruggler was fresh out of having developed uh, Nils Höglander uh, from the uh, Vancouver Canucks, who's a very decent prospect, who was one of the first, you know, homegrown prospects to come out of their pipeline and, and you know, go, go decently high in the draft. So they had sort of started to prove their worth as a development farm. So when he went there um, and, and developed the way he did, it just really put Ruggler on the map and you saw more and more prospects join their, their ranks. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Sider went there. He had all the opportunities he wanted to develop his offensive side. He ended up putting up seven goals and 21 assists for 28 points in 41 games for Rugla, with teammates calling him a generational pl- player. You know, he was showing growth in, in multiple areas, not just his offensive side. He became, uh, you know, more physical. And this was a player who was already physical in his draft year, but you saw a lot more of that coming out. And then on top of that, he got very comfortable with the puck. He was able to showcase how shifty and elusive he can be with the puck uh, for a guy of his size while maintaining that defensive reliability while, while not relinquishing possession easily. This was a, this was a prospect who regularly put the puck in good areas for his team. And with each game with Rugla and the SHL, he got better and better and more comfortable with the puck to the point where he headed out of there a completely different player than he headed into uh, that season. His tools needed work. He needed some development in specific areas to, to sort of round out his game and, and give him more um, areas of responsibility as a player instead of sort of being pegged into a um, defensive defenseman role. He sort of became a proper two-way defender who can do a bit of everything, right? So, yeah, I mean, since hockey strength, uh, since hockey sense was always a strength for Cider, that made him a very easy player to teach because he already understood the game at an advanced level and was able to understand the teachings and apply them on the ice in ways uh, that, that benefited his growth. He was conscious of where he was and where he needed to be. And that helped him a lot in terms of developing his game into something potent. So that's a growth that we saw inside his game. So when he made his way to the Red Wings, um, in preseason last year and blew everyone away with his play, he was an easy plug um, into the opening lineup. He started on the second pair. Then before you knew it, he was on the first pair. And before you knew it, he was playing the most minutes on that Red Wings blue line night in and night out to the point where he was trusted with all scenarios. 
and put up seven goals, 43 assists for 50 points in his rookie year in the NHL and won the Calder Trophy. So the the progression to me, it's really about his learning environment and, and where he was placed and how pivotal each stop was in his development. Um, I rarely like to see prospects go from league to league to league in, in you know, their, their development path, but Insider's game was very calculated. It wasn't like he was being traded midseason and, you know, he wasn't doing well at one level, so let's try a different level since that one doesn't work. That's detrimental. But Sider played well at every level, and every time he changed leagues, it was with a specific objective in mind to make him a better uh, stick handler, a better passer, a better shooter. Um, in the case of you know his move to the SHL, um, his move to the AHL out of his draft year was specifically to get him accustomed to the North American style and, and pace of play so that he can keep that in mind after he goes to the SHL and, and grows those areas of his game just to keep that idea that I'm not going to have this much space at the next level. I need to play pucks quickly and et cetera, et cetera. So at each stop in his development was pivotal in creating the prospect that you see today. Um, so, so that's really sort of the sum of what happened with Sider and why he is where he is today is that he was placed in the right leagues at the right moments and was taught the right things at each step of the way. And there's a lot to learn there for development teams who are looking to emulate what we saw with Sider and his growth in, in hockey. But he did have the foundations of hockey sense, of defensive dependability. So it was easy for him to develop his game you know, after that and become the player that we see today. But that sums it up for Maurice Sider. Now we're going to go into uh, the discussion with Sebastian Jackson uh, from Spot Scouting and the Wellesley Applejacks in just a moment after these messages. Do you like betting? BetOnline.net is your number one source for any wager that interests you. From the NFL to the NBA to the MLB and even NCAA football, UFC, golf, anything you like, they have you covered. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game on their website or app. They're, of course, a great source for all of your sports wagering information. With live betting, so you can keep up with the bets as they unfold. Uh, they've got up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. They're the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, so we're back for part two of Sebastian Jackson's appearance on the Locked On NHL Prospects podcast. Um, now, again, uh, Sebastian works for Smart Scouting as an OHL scout, uh, for the Wellesley Applejacks as a junior C scout, and he's a community member on the Black Girl Hockey Club. Uh, so now let's keep going with what we were discussing last time about OHL prospects outside of the Kitchener Rangers. So I wanted to just have you talk me through what you like about Callum Ritchie and, and what you've seen from him so far this season. Callum Ritchie reminds me of like what the hockey that I grew up watching. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talk about you know every team in the NHL right now would love to have a Tom Wilson, but unfortunately, there's only one Tom Wilson in the OHL or in the NHL. Sorry, mm-hmm. um, Callum Ritchie is very, very skilled and very, very mean. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he's going to be an impact player in the NHL, both offensively, physically, um, and he's going to be a floor. Because uh, I think he's one of the few prospects that will, you know, that, that lights it up as a center in the OHL that will be a center in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, just an unreal prospect, a very great skater, mm-hmm. um, has a mind for the net, um, 
finishes his checks, doesn't matter where they are, how they are. Um, and he's a, he's just, oh, I love this player. I yeah. love this player. You know, we don't get too many players like this anymore. I love the newer game because it's a lot faster, a lot more skilled than, than what I grew up watching. Mm-hmm. Once in a while, it is nice to have this hybrid come in once mm-hmm. in a while. And this guy, this guy's a horse. He's, you know, this is, if you don't get the first overall pick in the draft, it's wherever you can get Richie, you're, <laughs> that's a win. Yep, absolutely. Uh, for me, Richie is in my sort of 5 to 10 range in terms of prospects. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, and he'll, ha- he'll you know, there'll be, there's plenty of opportunity for him to, to move up and down the lineup um, or, or uh, up and down um, the uh, the 1 through 10. I mean, obviously, he's not going to touch 1. He's probably not going to touch 2. Yeah. But there's, a, there's, a, there's an opportunity for him to, to break into the top 5. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't know what's going on with that hockey group in Canada, mm-hmm. but uh, I imagine he'll be on their on their list for for the World Juniors if if that's even a thing. Yep. For for Canada this year, we don't know what's going on, but um, you know, he'll he'll have an opportunity there. I don't know if he makes it. Mm-hmm. Might be a year early, but um, you know, I think I think moving forward, especially this year with you know, we know what the the top of this draft looks like, but if you if you, if you can get multiple picks in the in the one through fifty, uh, do it. Yeah, because the the gap. You know, we say we say this every year. We were saying it last year too. You know, the gap between like twenty and fifty was thin last year, but we weren't seeing, you know, sexy names out there. Yeah, we seeing the names that are going to be out there this year. We're not seeing the skill that's going to be out there like there is this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, he'll have he'll have every opportunity. Um, he's the bright spot in Oshawa. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the direction of their team looks like, but he's the center of everything. Yep. Um, I love I love this prospect. He's yeah five five to ten seems right. Someone's getting a steal there. Yeah, almost definitely. Um, the, the one thing that really shown through is, despite the fact that he's a he's a big, skilled, mean guy, um, his hockey sense is through the roof. It's genuinely through the roof. It's it's excellent stuff that I've seen through from him. Um, you know, especially off the puck, his ability to demand space, occupy uh, the ice in different ways. It's it's genuinely excellent and. Um, I don't know if you've seen some of the same stuff that I have, but just his ability to read the game two, three steps in advance um, is is what's impressed me the most. Yes, he's physical. Yes, he's very skilled. He's got great on puck skills. But man, the 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 ability to dictate the game and 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 make decisions two, three steps in advance is absolutely fantastic. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's he. he this is an elite. He's an elite player. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, he, he he'll he'll flirt. I think he'll flirt at the end of the day with that generational um title that we very few hand out yeah um i just i that's the kind of draft that this is going to be yeah. But yeah he's just one of the smartest players and and i don't think anybody expected this i i think i think even oshawa i think they knew what they were getting what you know as a 16 year old they were getting a guy that was probably going to play in the nhl mm-hmm. uh, but i don't think anybody expected that we were going to get this type of player and and again this guy's just he's a he's a beast yeah like there's 
any other year, any other year, I mean, you know, this year the first overall pick is going to change the outlook of an organization for the next 15 years. Mm -hmm. 100%. Drastic, drastically change it. Any other year, this is the kind of player that, and again, we don't see these players often. There's there's one Tom Wilson in, in the NHL, and, and even though he might not be, you know, a top 25, top 50 player in terms of skill, mm-hmm. he's not far outside of that, and teams would be willing to pay up half their prospect pool and picks just to get him in their lineup. And yep. Washington knows that, and they're never going to do it. <laughs> The opportunity is there for somebody to add this player for free in yeah. the draft. And just very, very, very smart and very responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, There's not a lot about his game that I haven't liked. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, I think that, that a majority of what needs to be worked on is, is so you know, surrounding his team. Wait. Yeah. But, uh, no, I... I like this player. I agree with your assessment. 100%. Uh, moving on from Richie, I just wanted to uh, to have a quick word on Denver Barkey because, man, it seems like every time I watch this player, every time I watch the London Knights and someone does something interesting, I'm like, whoa, who did that? It ended up being Denver Barkey. Um, have, have you seen a lot of him, and what have you liked from him so far? I saw him a lot last year. I've seen him once this year. Mm-hmm. Um you know, obviously, unfortunately, size is going to be an issue. Yeah. Um, with scouts, but this he's he's very highly skilled. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, the points last year weren't pretty, but oftentimes he was he was very noticeable just in the way he moves, mm-hmm. um, the way he thinks the game. Um, you know, he wasn't really given top six um, minutes in a lot of the games that I saw him, so he wasn't really paired with the proper personnel that would allow him to be successful on the offensive side. Yeah. But. No, there's this is he's a, he's a game changer as well. Um, you know, London doesn't they're not going to be a very good team this year, so he's going to have every opportunity to to be you know to to, to drive that offense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very high skilled. I I I like his skating ability. I yeah. like I like, and he's not for a small guy. He's not afraid of much. Yeah, um, you know, he doesn't shy away from anything. Um, yeah, I, I, another player that I like. Another player, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily see top twenty in the draft for him. I think he slips out. I th- I, again, I think that you know people are going to make a big deal about his height, mm-hmm. which I hate. Yeah, no, absolutely. Shouldn't we're, be. We're start, yeah, we're starting to see a lot of shorter players, um, you know, become game changers. It's it's the way that the NHL has swung. Mm-hmm. Um, he's. He'll be fine. I I really like him. Um, I don't know what his full upside is offensively mm-hmm. uh, because we're I'm having trouble figuring out whether he's going to be a shooter or more of a playmaker at the next level. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, he'll he'll add both of those to his to his to his role prospects here in here in OHL. And I, I think he'll be fine. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, for me, from what I've seen from Barkey so far, he's cemented himself in my first round. I think I've got him at 24th or 25th right now. Um, do you think, you know, if size wasn't an issue, if, if NHL teams just purely look at skill, is this a first-round prospect? Yeah, the, the offensive upside reads that this is probably a top-15 type player. Yeah. Um, 
certainly in any other year for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't, it depends, you know, it all, it, it all depends too, because I think, you know, more organizations right now are, are, are going to be out here looking for the Callum Richies over the, over the Denver Barkies, but for sure. But, you know, if you, this, like I said, this is a player that's just, I, I don't know what his offensive upside yet is yet. It's, it's high. Cool. It's high. I just, I don't know what it translates to at the next level. Like I said, I don't know whether he's going to be, you know, the, the shot on his line or if he's going to be the playmaker on his line. And really it doesn't, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Those You need both. Yep. But yeah, I think he's got to figure that out. But I, yeah, no, that it, He's a first-round prospect, and, and and again, in in any other normal year, he's probably a top fifteen pick, for sure. Um, so we'll continue with a bit of talk about uh, your work with uh, Wellesley Applejacks and the Black Girl Hockey Club right after these messages. First off, I want to talk to you about Simply Safe. In the last decade, over four million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. If you got that many people on board, you're definitely doing something right. Simply Safe's priority is your safety. They protect you using cutting-edge security tech powered by 24/7 professional monitoring agents who've always got your back. I love what Simply Safe has to offer, from crystal clear HD live stream of your security cameras to full control of your system from your phone with their app, and smarter ways to detect real break-ins so you aren't pestered with uh, false alarms while you're going about your workday they've got sensors for everything from burglaries to fires to floods and other threats to your home they've really got you covered you can customize your perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on nhl you can save 20 percent on your simply safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free visit simplysafe.com slash locked on nhl to learn more again that's simplysafe.com slash locked on nhl there's no safe like simply safe all right. So, uh, again, Sebastian Jackson from uh, Smart Scouting, the Wellesley Applejacks, and the Black Girl Hockey Club. We're going to talk about those final two organizations that I mentioned there, um, you know, in the next couple of minutes here. So I just wanted to sort of have you talk me through your role with the Wellesley Applejacks and what it entails, what your responsibilities are for them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I've been around the PGHL for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I live in, in kind of the epicenter of it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I used to be an AGM in the league and a vice president. Um, mm-hmm. And I wanted to get back into it. And I knew the the Gerber family in Wellesley. So I reached out to them mm-hmm. and I just said, Hey, what's, uh, what's your organizational need right now? Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And uh, Brock Gerber, who I've known, you know, for, for, for a number of years, he said, this is what I need. And he's like, we're, you know, we just want somebody who's in the city that can get out, watch some some midget games, find us some APs, find us the next round of players. Mm-hmm. Um, Wellesley is is a premier organization. They're always uh, one of the best teams, in, you know, league-wide. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've developed some players over the years. And we've been able to bring some back in from the OHL and the OJHL and, and, and the Junior B League. So we've, we've had a, a lot of success for, you know, a town that's only got a couple thousand people. doesn't even have a, a Tim Hortons. Um, <laughs> you know, that's how, that's how small it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, uh, I, I, I'm at their games and I'm walking them through um, – you know, I have my iPad set up and I'm, I'm just sharing thoughts of, hey, um, you know, you got your players taking this route. The other team's picked up on it. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you should try something else, stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and uh, they, they've been very receptive. There is a very good group. Uh, I've never worked with a, with a better group in my life. Um, mm-hmm. 
and you know I'll always I'll always appreciate the fact that they that they took me on because um you know it felt for years that that hockey didn't want somebody who looked like me mm-hmm. um in their organization but they don't they 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 were the first to be like nope come in be yourself do what you do do what you've done that's make you successful so mm-hmm. uh, I've done that and I, and I do you know triple A games and high school games in, in, in the Kitchener and Waterloo area um, I cool. try to find us uh, you know we we all, we always have lots of AP spots so we're trying to get you know maybe players who might be entering the OHL draft next year see if we can get them in a, a game or two or just try and find some hidden gems and and mm-hmm. we're having success doing that uh, it's, a, it's a world-class organization and I'm, I'm just happy to be a part of it for sure and what's the main thing you've learned from you know first it, it seems like it's more than just scouting you do some tactical analysis for them as well help them out a bit all over the place but what's the main thing you've learned specifically from scouting for a junior team it's a lot more difficult than than the scouting that I do when I'm at a, a Rangers game or an OHL game, because um, you know it's it's hard to to look at the analytics side when they're you know 14, 15 years old because yeah. it's kind of just a wild card. Uh, you know, coaches aren't building their lineups based off that. It's just you know all the skills at the top of the lineup, less skilled players. I hate to put it that way. You know, fall on the second and the third lines, but uh, it's it changes your outlook a, a little bit because this is where it really relies on the eye test. Because yeah. you and I both know we can watch a prospect, and I and I've done it a hundred times where I'm watching a prospect in the OHL who puts up 120, 130 points, and you're like, oh, this guy's gonna put it over, and then you go and look at some of those deeper numbers, and you're like, holy crap this guy should never touch the ice in a professional league um you know you rely more on the eye test at this level um Mm -hmm. especially with goalies which is risky Mm -hmm. um but no it's it's just one of those one of the things i've learned is at at this level is just trust your eyes Mm -hmm. um and and, you know there are some times where i I will try and track a player and run it through an analytic system just to see all right am i am i seeing the right thing and you know Oftentimes it comes back as I am, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's one of those you know trust your eye tests, um, and uh, the other thing you probably learn is is just to stay away from parents. Oh yeah, um, no that that's for sure. Like already already scouting online, the DMs are kind of crazy, so I I can't imagine uh, in real life what it looks like. Um, and finally, I just wanted to, to sort of have you, and most importantly, um, I wanted to talk a bit about the Black Girl Hockey Club, your role within the organization. Um, so first, what's what's the organization's mission? What's your role within that mission? Uh, it's just to uplift uh, Black girls in hockey because that's, uh, you know, we don't see too many Black girls in hockey. And, and, and it goes beyond Black girls, but that's, that's the main focus uh we do scholarships and lots of it uh and and generous amounts too you know mm-hmm. we we have different tiers uh, some will get a thousand some will get five thousand mm-hmm. um we do scholarships uh but it's 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 just we strictly focus on diversity and inclusion mm-hmm. um you know for me I, I joined the organization because i was you know bullied again from for the color of my skin and Mm-hmm. And I talked about walking away and uh, somebody reached out to me through, uh, and he, you know, he's a famous scribe, but I don't really feel comfortable mentioning him right now. Of course. Um, just for obvious reasons. Yeah. For, uh, yeah. 
Um, and, uh, you know, within two days, I, I reached out to Black Girl Hockey Club and I, and I, I, I had a, a video interview with, with Renee, who is the, you know, the CEO. And like that's, that's, she's done this with, with her team, but this is, this is, this is, this is hers. Mm-hmm. Um, met with her and, and it just seemed like a perfect fit. And honestly, I, I thought that I was going to have more to add mm-hmm. because I didn't realize that there was more of us. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't realize that there was so on the first day I got I got invited in I was on the committee that helped build the get uncomfortable pledge mm-hmm. and I was like oh I got all these ideas I got all these ideas and I can't wait to just stand up and say something <laughs> we get in the zoom we get in the zoom chat and there's you know 20 or 30 other people um all they all look like me and they're like, all right, so what's next? And everybody, it seemed like we were all on the same page because we all had the same ideas, but we were never able to say what our ideas were because there was always somebody before us like, oh, hey, I think we should do this. And you're like, I was just going to say that. <laughs> like, Absolutely. it just, it, it meshed so well. Mm-hmm. And the Get Uncomfortable campaign has been a, been a success. It's, a, you know, it, it was meant to disrupt racism on and off the ice and, mm-hmm. and for people to hold themselves accountable. So if you took the pledge... Um, you know, you're pledging to, to do a number of things, um, you know, in your hiring practices or just the way that you go about your everyday life. Um, you know, if you have that, uh, really wild uncle that once he has a few beers is saying something, that's the time to stand up and be like, Hey, look, I pledged to, to do this. You're not going to say these things in my space. So, yeah. um, but yeah, it's, it's been great. It's, it's a great organization. I cannot. I can go on all day and say great things about everybody from 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 top to I mean there's no bottom like it's we're all we're all there together it's it's insane how much I love that group too mm-hmm. um, it's it's so great and they're doing yeah they're you know we're doing a lot of a lot of things uh, there's some expansion and and uh yeah it's like we're 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 not even close to achieving our goal. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. There's still a lot of work to get done, but it's it's amazing to to see this group come to life. And in, in in my lifetime, as as you know, uh, a member of the hockey community, to see a group that's focused on diversity and inclusion, um, you know, form and do so much important pivotal work within the community. It's it's absolutely excellent. Um, I just wanted to end it on uh, a quick note on uh, Black Girl Hockey Club Canada and this, you know, their, their launch at the Scotiabank, the Scotiabank Pond today. Um, you sort of talking me through, uh, you know, what that's about and what's going to be going on today. Yeah, so this is a project that's been going on for a while. And, uh, you know, at the forefront of this is Road Tinker. Uh, and I'm wearing, uh, you know, the Yale University sweater just to, I bought it because I wanted to represent her in any way that I could. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she's uh, such an impressive, just such an impressive person. Um, you know, she's doing so much in her life that I don't know how she keeps adding stuff, but it just, it yeah. blow, and, and here's the thing, like, I, I say it blows my mind, but like, because I don't see anybody else who's able to do this, but she just, she's so calm and collected and, like she's just she's the perfect face for a project like this mm-hmm. um but she's done a lot of the heavy lifting for it um 
this is a product that's that's near and dear to all of us because uh, you know for me as a Canadian I th- and there was a couple of us in the organization that that are Canadian um, mm-hmm. you know we're not able to just fly out and go to Pittsburgh when they're there or go to you know to California when they're there it was, it was a little hard so now we have something here and, and when we do those those launches and in other cities we're going to be able to attend it'll be a little easier but yeah. yeah they're they're launching today it's a long time coming um like i, I want to say this is is well over a year's worth of work um coming together today i know renee's flown in for this and a, a few other for sure um they're just you know it's it's going to be a skate it looks like they're going to play some hockey today because there's going to be some equipment there um it's just it's it's going to be a great day. Uh, Black Row Hockey Club Canada is on the map, and uh, you know I'm excited. I'm excited to see how this does nationwide because, I, you know it's it's gonna it's gonna catch on in Ontario real quick and, and in places like British Columbia. But I'm curious to see um, the work that we can do in 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 provinces like Quebec and, and in Eastern Canada. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a it's a ton of fun. It's very exciting. Um, you know, if you're in the if you're in the the, the Canada region, I guess, or the Canadian country, mm-hmm. uh, you know, be sure to check it out online. And uh, you know, there's a donation link set up. Feel free to 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 drop some money. Let it and it'll be it'll be going to a good place. It's it's scholarships. It's it's organizations that that uh, you know diverse and education or diverse and inclusion. So. Perfect. Uh, well, it's been great to have you on, Sebastian. Again, you can find Sebastian at uh, SebJackson90 on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at HattieK underscore Scouting on Twitter. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe if you uh, liked what you're hearing and uh, want to see some more. Um, you can like subscribe to this podcast on YouTube. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. This has been Hattie Kalakesh with Sebastian Jackson, and we will see you next time.